Today's episode is a very special one as I'm joined by none other than Dog Mom, Meditation Queen, my sister, and of course, my co-founder, Nikki Mehta. Tune in as we discuss how we built our brand, Fable and Maine, and what it's really like working with your sibling. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you're an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome my guest for today. It's my sister, Nikki Mehta. She's my sister, co-founder, and creative visionary behind Fable and Maine. We're on a mission to bring Ayurvedic wisdom to Western beauty. So growing up, Nikki and I were both inspired by our grandma and her concoctions of traditional Indian plant roots and oils. But the initial idea for Fable really came about when Nikki had sort of her own kind of hair loss journey. And we kind of went to the kitchen, going back to our roots. But we were kind of like, you know, busy. We were trying to figure out, you know, how can we have these amazing ingredients, the benefits, but at the same time with beautiful smells, but also accessible because we're always on the go. And we went to the market and we really couldn't see anything. So we decided to join forces and basically create a brand that was inspired by our childhood memories, but also a product that we know we needed and the world needed as well. So Nikki is really, truly behind everything you see with Fable Main today, from the name, the branding, the identity. She truly is the heart and soul. And I'm so excited to have her on today. I mean, it's the 100th episode, so kind of no better way to celebrate this amazing feat than having my own sister. Because uh, I was like, I haven't interviewed ourselves. Like, you know, it's important to also get our brand out there. So really excited for today. And Nikki, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I've seen... You know, you start this podcast and grow and to be on your 100th episode, that's an incredible achievement. I mean, I should have put you in my first, but that was a, that was a bit too late. So 100th, it's pretty cool. 100th is pretty cool. So Nikki, I asked my guests all the same question. I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Nikki? Nikki, it's a curious soul um, here to discover all the joys and love that our planet can bring and how I can share and give back. So let's go back to the beginning, Nick. So... We obviously were born in London. What were some of the memories, I guess, the inspiring memories that you had when I was born? <laughs> well, I remember going to um, the hospital and asking mum if we could leave you there. But, um, rude. <laughs> Absolutely rude. If I'm really honest, it was just so nice to have a younger brother, you know, a confidant, a best friend. We used to fight a lot, play a lot. Um, you always excelled in everything you do. It was like, you know, art class or... This is amazing. Uh, I should have you in the podcast more often. Continue. No, like every, everything he did. So really, honestly, it was... Even though younger to me, I look, looked up to you. Wow. Okay. I think we're done here. Thanks, guys, for having... I'm kidding. Um, but no, it's really true. I, I'll, I'll kind of also want to answer. I think we'll do a bit of a two-way approach podcast today. But 
I know growing up, Nikki was so affectionate, so caring. She truly was like my best friend. I remember like I had a lot of trouble sleeping when I grew up. Like I think I was scarred by maybe a bit too many horror films. I know generally we had quite a few quite traumatic break, uh, like break-ins and robberies. So I remember always at night thinking I can never sleep on my own. I used to cry myself to sleep. I used to put like a finger in my ear. And I just like, it was something I just thought, I remember thinking at even like 10 years old, I was like, will I ever be able to sleep on my own? Because I was so scared of like robberies or thieves or whatever. Um, and I used to sometimes like try to sleep and then couldn't cry myself and then literally knock on Nikki's. I was like, please, can I sleep with you? Do you remember? Yeah. And she used to always allow me because sometimes mom and dad were like, no, go to sleep, like grow little, up. Your little blanket, Charlie. I'm going to say to be really embarrassing. The guys, this was until like, like I mean, you say 12 years old, it's so bad. No, but I was really traumatized from that. Um, and you were always there for me. So it's quite a personal story. I don't think I've told anyone, but Nikki, you, you were always there from that moment, but through everything else. And you also made me shine because... Yeah, I was pretty good at school and you weren't, so no kidding. But you know, I just think we're... We're know, very every, different. Every single person has asked us this question, how do you make it work at business? How do you work with your sibling? What is it like? And we're so different. We're polar opposites. Even our corporate careers, right? I joined... I, I did business management and languages and then I joined family business and fragrance. Always worked for myself. Um, you went the corporate route. Yeah. Well, actually, let's go from there. So, okay, so... I have a few more questions before we get into that. The first is sort of what were your memories growing up with Nani, her grandma, some of the kind of memories into the beauty industry from your early days? So I remember Nani had all these incredible treatments at home and natural treatments and everything she said that we could do was grown in the garden. So she'd literally get fresh amla or turmeric and like put it in our hair, Haldi masks, um, massages. Do you remember she gave the mm, best the massages? The best Indian head massages. Um, even foot massages, like mm. especially with warm oil. Um, so beauty was very natural for us growing up. Less is more. Um, she'd bring these little like Vaseline and Boroplast and then she'd always tell us these stories. So for me, it was beauty always brought people together and it was a ritual. Everything had meaning and intention behind it. So a lot of people might not realize, but our father was in the beauty industry. Um, I mean, he still is, sorry, for 40 years. Um, so growing up, it was something we were surrounded with um, and by. He uh, was in fragrance. So do you remember some of those memories of like seeing, you know, going to the office, seeing dad's warehouse full of beauty products, going to some of the meetings and sitting in? Yes, whatever. definitely. I remember even in his warehouse, it's like a perfume shop and mm. going in and seeing, spraying all the samples and all the... I remember the first Paris Hilton fragrance. Yeah, and we used to, you know, we went to some events. I was a bit younger. I'm three years younger than Nikki, so Nikki was often the first person that got to go because she was obviously older and stuff. So I remember there was even like a Beyonce heat launch, and Nikki got to take a photo with Beyonce. I was just studying probably like as I did. So yeah, you got a lot more experiences than I in beauty growing up, which was pretty amazing. Um, but do you also remember sort of, I guess, some of the... Um, and being in the big meetings. And being in the big at, meetings, At a yeah. young age, which I wouldn't have had you know, access to and very grateful for because really opened my eyes to how decisions are made, how... Um, but also you, you got to get some... So I studied engineering, guys. So my kind of initial work experience was not in the beauty industry. I worked for... I mean, I did Warner Brothers. I wanted to be a film director at one point. That was a weird like, little stint. But generally, it was an engineering field. So I worked for Airbus in Hamburg. I worked for BMW in Munich. A lot of experience in this field that I was majoring in. 
Nikki, I think, knew business, marketing, And I knew was I her. always wanted to be in beauty. And she knew she always wanted to be in beauty. So you had some internships in pretty amazing places before you went to university. And the first, one of them was like Pooch, right, in Barcelona. So tell us about that. Yeah, I was at Pooch in Barcelona working on um, Paco Rabanne and then Nina Ritchie in Paris. Worked with LVMH, of course, for, for six months as well, which is fantastic. More, mm. more on the fashion. And sustainability. Sustainability. So, um, and then the Ariana Grande fragrance launch with Lux Brands for six months in New York. Well, okay, before we get into that, because that's now post-university, but tell us a little bit about what you did at university and kind of your experience there. So, university, college. Yeah. As Akash said, I love, I've always loved the entrepreneurship world. So I definitely knew I wanted to major in that. And you, I'm a big believer, if you're not like Akash and good at many things, you just you should do what you're good at and focus. So um, I did entrepreneurship. I did languages as well, Spanish, which I just have a passion for as, as the language. Um, and for three years was at UCL, and that was incredible. And uh, I remember you were into a bit of computer science as well, which is so yeah, funny because you're like the complete opposite to <laughs> my. I have no emails on my phone. Or anything. Like but hey, guys, you know you can. I I mean I'm doing. We're all doing very different from my degree. It just shows how you can really extrapolate whatever you learn in these degrees and use them to your advantage in your future. Because I'm sure it taught you certain stuff like time management, project management, exactly. etc. But I have a question for you. Do you feel now beauty is your calling, having done so many things? Is that your purpose in life? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I definitely would say I don't focus purpose in life. I focus purpose of now. So for me right now, as of today, it's all I see and it's all I'm passionate about. But I remember how passionate I was about engineering and look where I am today. So maybe in six years' time, I'll be saying something different. And I think it's important to be open to change. I would love to reinvent myself throughout my life and have many different experiences. I actually wouldn't want to have one industry forever. Um, I have dreams of being really good at what you do because I think you should I think so actually I'm inspired by my cousin Ishita she basically taught me something very young and it was she was at Google and one of the best coders there and she learned coding at a later stage not like at you know 10s and 15s she learned it like in her late 20s and within two three years she became one of the best and this is coming from an industry that usually you know the more years you code the better you are and it taught me like experience is not linear it's not time dependent Passion is so multiversal. And actually, the times have changed. Barriers to entry are different. So, you know, honestly, tomorrow, if you said, can I be an astronaut, go into space and do something there? Like, I don't think I need to have 50 years experience to do that. I think times have changed. So I think knowing that has inspired me. And it's also one of the reasons why I was like, well, I've never been a CEO, but let me try building a brand. I'll try it, you know? So I think it is a good mindset to have. But do you leave, do you change it because you get bored? I think it's the boredness is is a calling to passion. And I I wouldn't say I'm getting bored. I think I'm losing passion. I think it's a very important difference because getting bored, you delegate, you can change, you can figure out how to bring excitement to it. Changing industry means you've lost passion. Mm. And for me, I changed degree from engineering to, or from my career in engineering to beauty because I lost passion, not bored. Um, I think that was very important to understand the difference of the two. But um, no. But you're growing. You know, I'm growing. You might have the founded space podcast one day. Maybe. But anyway, <laughs> okay, anyway going back to, so you, you finished your degree, you went and you, you know, I know you went into some corporate experience and LVMH, et cetera. Yeah. But then you went straight into semi-working with dad in the fragrance industry, but also building your own companies. And you had a lot of 
if I may say so, failures in that, right? Failures is a very subjective no, word, they but... they weren't failures at all. They were... Um, so I had to... From a business perspective, they were. No, no. <laughs> so I had... Um, I was in fashion, actually, before this. So there was a, a couture brand, House of Words. So I was really wanted to learn all about the fashion market, couture. I love luxury, especially French luxury. Um, and I kept reading loads of books and going on courses um, at Instituto Maragioni, London College of Fashion, all about luxury brand management um, and how to tell a story, how to craft a story. So that was really important. And I saw a gap in um, affordable luxury for Indian clothes and gowns, like bridal gowns. So I would go to these you know, Asiana trade shows. I had a company called Ready to Couture. Um, and I loved it, you know. Okay, so, uh, tell us about where you took a tour. <laughs> where can we me. find it today? I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm being it mean. was an online. But, but I think it's important. Nikki, I want to pause. I think TikTok. it's important to. I know you say there's no failures. Failure is not a negative word, okay? From failure, you learn and grow. Failure is very subjective. So I say that very lightly. A failure could be a lost money, a failure could be you closed it down, but it doesn't mean. Um, it, it wasn't a success in certain ways. For okay, sure. it but was. It it's was important actually, to own no, the journey. So, yeah. And this, this was. I didn't have a co-founder, and I closed it down because it could have still been going today. But I think it comes to what we were just saying. Like I lost the passion. You lost the passion. I think the. Um, and by losing passion, the, the business suffers because you don't put your heart and soul in right anymore. Yeah, and I didn't That's have. Normal. You know, we have a great team at Fable and stuff. I didn't have that whole support system, so. Yeah. 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 That, but, I, but what did I you learn? Did you did you feel like every new business you were creating? Because you did a lot of projects. You did the Beauty and the Beast fragrance. You did all these different mm-hmm. projects slash mini businesses. Did you find that geared you up to better start Fable, or do you feel like it's reset? And and honestly, every new venture is a whole new journey. Definitely helped me. Like you learn so much about yourself. Firstly, like you have to be consistent. Um, less is more. Try to do one one task at a time, and I really learned the importance to delegate. I think any entrepreneur has this control issue of we want to do everything and wear many hats. Mm. Um, so that helped, and also having a retail partner. I, for my other projects, I didn't have a retail partner on the get go, so it didn't scale. I also think it's important to. Exactly. When you said learn how to delegate, but also learn what you're good at, what you're not. I think that's one of the things the last companies gave exactly. you understanding is what were you good at? What did you not? Because you actually were a one man like, show. And I can't sell. Like, I'm, you yeah. can't make me a But it's good to actually start like that way and figure out what you're, if you haven't figured this out, whether it's your, your uh, career or your university, and it's going to give you the chance to know if you could do it. A lot of my friends in the industry don't want, who want to start business, but don't know where to start. I always say, well, start with something, you know, because then you figure out what you're good, what you like, what you can do. And if you even enjoy it, it's not easy. Like building a business, you don't really ever turn off. You have the stress of decision making always on your on your plate because you decide and you can decide if you delegate or not. And it's so much harder than people think. So for you to already say you know how to delegate, it's honestly one of the reasons why I came on board at Fable with you is because you were able to let go of things and realize what you were good at, what you weren't. So I'm very grateful for those personal private experiences because it allowed me to feel, you know, if it was your first business, you might have been like, no, Akash, let me try to do that. I want to try this. I want to try this. Yeah. So actually... They, they were very important. And then on the vice versa, for everyone who knew my journey, while Nikki was building all of those companies, I was working in corporate life. So I worked for Estee Lauder, Burberry, Dior, trained by some of the biggest giants, learned the system of like performance reviews, coming in the office at 9 a.m., 
Otherwise, you know, you'll be kind of slapped in the wrist, making sure you have X holiday days off, how to work with budgeting and working with teams and politics. Gosh, I can tell you that was the biggest problem and biggest reality um, of companies. And I understood all of that, which I think together we can fuse all of those learnings into creating a really good potential big brand for the future. Um, and that's exactly what we're planning to do in Fable. So now let's talk about how Fable started. So I kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the podcast. We know that you had your own hair journey. So tell us about that. Yeah. So really this whole started when I went through a period of stress, like most founders, you know, you have your 3am nights, frozen shoulder, crying, like my eyes were like dark circles, like no other. Um, During that time, I had a lot of hair loss, like clumps of hair came out in the shower and it really affected my self-confidence. So went back into the kitchen and started mixing oils. At this time, I was probably uh, late 20s and hadn't oiled my hair in so long. I mixed in like casta, amla, coconut, a few herbs. And I saw after continuous use every week for a month, my hair loss significantly decreased. And I was Mm. like, why have I stopped oiling my hair? The last time I did it was with um, my grandma, our grandma as a child. So... That kind of stemmed this whole hair oiling and we just thought in the market there was nothing that was doing it in a modern way. So, um, I mean, the journey was quite exciting. So I remember Nikki was working on a project for some sort of beard oil with a celebrity, yeah. right? So who was so, that? So well, how we created Fable Lamina, yeah. we did so much research um, on Indian hair, yeah. working on a, a beard oil project for a famous Indian cricketer, which didn't go through and, you know, facial hair, hair on your scalp, it's very similar. And we kind of just said, okay, why don't we create it on ourselves? Why, yeah. why are we doing this for a celebrity? And, and um, also, our know, background is celebrity. I um, remember before even Fable and Main came to be, me and Nikki were always obsessed with beauty, obviously from our childhood and just generally, I mean, everyone listening, who you know, why wouldn't you be obsessed with beauty? It's such a fun industry to be in. It's really um, it's full of so much color, diversity, inclusivity, and freedom. But one thing which we loved was the retail store Sephora, right? Going into Sephora was like literally that kid in the candy shop. It's that one, and bearing in mind, we're born and raised in London. Beauty is really quite stale and stagnant. Like Sephora isn't here yet. And it's quite, you know, department store, not like a destination. Sephora was always a place of discovery and and really immersiveness. So us going into USA, we used to travel a couple of times to USA in a year, remember always seeing all the new cool brands. We only focused on the new, right? We didn't care about the Dior's and the Chanel's. I mean, I was working at Dior, but you know what I mean? I cared about the youth, the people, the drunk elephant. At that time, it was like, this is the coolest, coolest brand ever. These are the kind of brands that saw the Genero that we were looking at, and we were like, wow. And I think sub- subconsciously, we were like, imagine if we could have a brand like this, but it wasn't like a reality of a thought, right? I had a career set out in LVMH, and Nikki was, what were you doing at the time? Just working on these projects, right? All these other businesses. And I think what happened was from this idea, Nikki is someone who is able to come up with brand books and concepts so quickly, so amazingly that anyone reading it would be like, I want to either invest, I want to be part of it, and it needs to happen. Now, Nikki might lack the execution part. I can have my own agency. She can have her own agency, (laughs) but she might lack a little bit of like, now let's build it and happen and but she needs a partner for that and actually I didn't realize I potentially could be that partner to execute it but I remember when she showed me this concept of Fable and Main she already had the name which we'll talk about in a second she had the concept I remember saying wait A this is our story of our childhood so we should do this together and be like 
I want to build this. This will be huge. I could just see it from the logo, the name, and this initial like product ideations. I was like, this is insane. And actually, the name Fable and Main came, and I, and, and I left, but we'll talk about it in a second. But just tell us why Fable and Main the name. Because story time and hair, right? Every hair tells a story. And India is the birthplace of fables. It's called Panchatantra. And that's how Aesop's fables originated from. Mm. And they're animals that can speak. And these, in these fables, not in these reality. fables, of course. And through these stories, this is what our grandma used to tell us. So it's like a homage to her. Yep. And the mane is thick, healthy hair that you see on a tiger, like from Siberia or... So, I mean, I mean, reality is, is it's quite multi-layered because it's all these like spider diagrams of inspiration. And one of the biggest ones which tied it all together was actually us remembering our grandma coming from India, bringing these oils, massaging them. And while she would massage them, she would read us these Indian fables. So story time and hair care is what we grew up with. So story and hair, fable and mane. And then, as Nikki said, inspired by the most amazing, majestic animal of India, we also decided to have the tiger and also our CSI, I like to call it CSI, Corporate Social Intention, not responsibility. It's an intention. We want to do it. This is basically what we're prepared to protect, which is wild tigers. So there's so many layers to the name, um, but the main one is that. And we're also close to our grandparents, but that mixed with um, you know, Nikki's own hair loss journey alongside, unfortunately, all our grandparents passed away. Our two grandmas passed away quite close to each other a couple of years ago, about a year before we created Fable. It was like an homage to her, a memory to her. And I know she, if she, I wish she was here today, she would just be so proud of what we created. Well, she, her soul is here today. Her soul is here today. And I just, I just wish um, like I she said, was I here to see her. it in person. But yeah, exactly. So, I mean, then the realities of creating it was quite interesting. So tell us about the journey of like Sephora to building so, it. People can see, you know, when you launch at Sephora and all the bells and whistles, but actually it took us three years before launch, working with the labs, getting every product development, testing, product registration and markets. Um, there's this whole 18-month process, and if you're perfectionist like me, you want, every, you want the formulas to, to all be great, which I'm so glad we took the time because now, you know, our hair rolls won so many awards and our hair mask, it's sold out, gone viral. So taking that time in the beginning is key um, and being patient because this whole world and beauty world, it's really saturated mm. and there's just so much out there, so much noise. So to really make a difference and stand, this is why today everyone who's seen our packaging, not one person said, I don't like it. And I don't think they're just saying it because we're the founder. And they don't genuinely really feel they've it. seen it, which is... Yeah, it seems like an established When you brand. put your heart and soul, you don't look at the, the noise, but you look at the noise within you not without you know around you yeah. that is the most important and i say noise within you because it's it's a mess sometimes all our ideas are just like oh so then you have to go within you have all those ideas of w- what you came up with and then synthesize that into a sellable story and something that's commercially viable but also inspiring and that was the job of me and nikki nikki was the inspiring part i was the commercially viable part and that's what we You're spent a lot of creative. i'm creative you but we'll talk me. about it in a second because yeah. i do want to mention that but we had to come together, join forces, and make this into a business plan in a way. But it was a more visual business plan, not like it's a Excel with all these numbers. It was something like a brand book. So the brand book was the DNA, the core of building this business. Just on Nikki's point there with creativity, I was always quite creative. I loved painting. I loved art growing up. But definitely um, coming into this business, 
the way to succeed is, is having sort of areas where we can excel and shine, but also own. Nikki was this brand. She created the DNA. And honestly, I couldn't have done it. And I actually had a realization that for this, she's, she's way better placed than me. I might have an opinion on the color or I might prefer a different logo, but it was such a light opinion. Was it worth me voicing it and having you know, my feet in everywhere? Probably not. There's so much to be done there in other divisions like business, pricing. Let Nikki just come up with the concepts and the goods and let me visualize that into a business plan. So that's sort of like where I actually had to take a step back. And if you can do everything, like Nikki said at the beginning, I know she said it, but like I was quite a workaholic student. I was pretty good at most subjects. And for those who maybe can relate and were quite good at quite a few things, it's really hard to decide and choose because you spread yourself thin. And that's why I actually, in university, I failed my second year of engineering, coming from a point where I got like 10 A stars, 5 A stars, A levels. I was always a top student. To then failing, all my friends progressing, that was quite traumatic at the time. I remember crying myself to sleep every day. I was like, I was like what am I going to do in my life? This is my first failure. But it's the biggest blessing because it taught me the, the idea of be passionate and sometimes focus on what you're passionate on not what you think you'll be good at because you're good at a lot of things. And I thought, I'm good at math, good at physics, engineering. No, wasn't for me. So I learned that. And this is what I did now. I, I said... And learn not to be hard on yourself. And not to be hard. It's very true. So basically, going back to the Fable story. So we had this brand book, right? This is the most important brand book. Then how did we get to Sephora with this? So we pitched, like, most, we like pitch? most founders, went on LinkedIn and met the hair merchants and the little deck. And they loved it. They said, come to San Francisco. I'm a big believer in in-person meetings. So we both went and they loved it. And they, they... We, built, we built the brand from there. And I think it's really important to inspire people just to, you know, a power of a deck without like proper samples and products ready at that time, without the investment strategy figured out, just to know, is there market fit and market appetite? And the power of just a LinkedIn message um, with a merchant can go a long way. So when people say, I don't know anyone, I don't know, I don't know how to start. Oh, it's easier. You have connections. Like we didn't use any of our connections. We just linked and messaged blindly, like probably like a cold email, blind email. So like, honestly speaking, but Sephora no excuse. is not for every brand because it does come with But no, but Sephora is just our, ours. Yeah. But of course you can listen and understand it could be Target, Amazon. Exactly. It could be a service you're creating. It could be, it could be but you know, the point is, is sometimes just doing it and, and then, you know, if they don't reply, unsend, resend again. Like, we did that probably. Like, you just have to try it. Um, but I will, another thing I found out recently from the Sephora leadership, and we found this only recently now, so I can say, I, can, I think I haven't told anyone yet, is we were with some of the leadership team, and they said they got a message from someone very senior at Dior, I won't say any names, saying, you know, Akash is leaving, he's creating this brand, he's a very, I'll say, like, you know, someone to look out for, he's doing a great thing, you know. And then that person told me, a very senior person in Sephora, honestly, I've never received an email from someone this senior about this person. I was like, who is this person? Who is this brand? I need to find out more. And they did, you know, definitely did count that in. And they did say, let's, you know, they did message the merchant says, let's, I want to be in the meeting of this and I want to know more about this brand or this person. So your reputation elsewhere does stick does matter 
And it doesn't have to be forced. It could be naturally inspired into. So I never went in thinking that they'll email. I found out three, two years later, built or three years actually later, because it was a year of building it with Sephora, three years later of building the brand, this was happening. And the person never even told me they did this email. It was a private email without me and CC. And it goes a long way. So your, reputation, your reputation proceeds. proceeds and always yeah. be a kind person. I think even in my own journey, even though I didn't work in corporate, but always trying to be a better human, you know, you can't and how solve do you do a that? problem. How do you do that? You, well, you, simple, you can't solve a problem at the same level of consciousness that created it. Mm. It's simple as that. So you have to do the inner work. You have to. We give each other a lot of space. That's what helps us, right? Because as a creator, but we're both creators. I think mum taught us this, but mum taught us the biggest thing, which was give, never expect. And I think if you give your heart and you leave footprints of authenticity, genuineness, and also just pure passion and love to everyone, it will come back to you, but don't expect it back because people can also feel that energy. And that's something that I honestly... um, Blindly, maybe, didn't go in. I'm not very tactical. I don't really, like, use contacts well. I don't, like, ask for favors. I feel very shy. It's probably my introvert side. I know I seem like an extrovert with the podcast and stuff, but I didn't do any public speaking. I had a speech impediment when I was growing up. I couldn't speak. You're very shy. I had to get therapy. Very shy. And I faked this, and I still am this from time and experience, but internally, I'm an introvert. If you see me at any party, I'm in the corner. If you see me in any dinner, I'm, like, not speaking. Um, that's who I am. So I just don't like using, I feel like, oh, I'm going to like, they're going to get annoyed at me if I ask them for a favor. I don't want to do that. So I switched my mindset to just... I'm complete opposite. Give, and it might come. And Nikki <laughs> gets angry at me sometimes. She's like, ask this founder, ask this, come on. They, everyone, everyone asks you. But I think you have to know in this, what is your personality? I might get a bit better and know when I can, but I'm okay being that because that's who I am. Yeah, you have Nikki to accept it. Nikki is that. I can never be a promoter or a manager because I will never ask for favors. You know, I'm, I'm more of... That's just who I am. But that's a, that, yeah, that's a story just in itself. It's very important to just understand your DNA because people appreciate honesty to yourself, you know. But, um, but where do your like, best ideas come from um, with work or when you make a decision or just aha moments, you know? So I think it's a mixture of I have these dreams and ideas and my brain is always firing. I have also, I do look at the industry and I feel like, I, I, read, I read somewhere like there are many wheels created but the better wheels of today are the ones re- not reinvented, but just made better. Take what's been, you can't change a wheel. A wheel is already a wheel, you know? So same as like a, a car, an F1 car, you're not going to create a new type of car. You're just going to keep on improving it and adding changes to it. That's why they get better with every race. So same with this, like I kind of, whenever I look in the industry, whether it's an event or a product, I'm like, well, this exists. The market's Incremental proven. Innovation. How do I improve it? And how do I add value to people now trying something new? Yeah. That's something I've done. And that's maybe my engineering side coming out, right? But at the same time, I also get fueled by passion. So while I'm an introvert, I get hurt a lot by people using me, even though I say I don't mind being used, but you also feel hurt. People, maybe because I don't ask for things, people win and I don't get things. And I'm like, oh, that person got it, I didn't. But that fuels me to do more and drive myself. Like I can tell you now, like um, I built all of this, what I'm doing, just from the drive of basically realizing I'm in control of my own seat. Don't want people to be in control of my own seat, you know? That's so interesting because I... My good, best ideas come when I'm just alone walking in nature. No phone, no thoughts, 
and it just comes to me and I'm like, wow, why didn't I think of that before? Mm. But, but if I'm doing things, it doesn't come. So, it doesn't. Yeah. So, I mean, so we built Fable. There was a really fun story there because while we're in the kitchen with Sephora, which is a term of like building the brand, um, I was still at Dior at this time working two jobs and I was very transparent with my CEO and everyone. I said, I'm building two companies, but it's not going to change my work at Dior. And if you don't, if you're not happy with it, I'd quit. But they were like, no, 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 we want you to stay. So try to do both, but don't, don't, it doesn't connect. You know, you do your hours, you do out of hours. Very clear, very safe. So I did that, but it was tough because I knew we were going to launch in like six months time in Sephora. There's a lot of work to be done. Website wasn't made, this and that. And I remember one car journey back from a Sephora meeting or something, you were like crying in the car. You're like, you need to be the CEO. You need to take over. I don't, I don't know if you remember being the CEO, but anyway, I remember it that way. And I'm not saying that line, but that never happened. I think she said so, the no, CEO. No, 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 no. He definitely had a thing. Who would be the better CEO? Be my hero. And then he, he did. But I came to you in Paris, actually, at your office. Um, but yeah, but basically, that was the moment I said, this is the time I quit. So I quit. Didn't look back. Moved back to London. And obviously didn't notice and that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, then we were full-time, a couple of months building on Fable. We had Estelle who was with me at Dior. She actually quit and came to London to build Fable, which was just amazing to have someone to leave a job. From three to 30. Literally, yeah. And now we're like over 30 employees after just having three of us at the beginning. And it's just been an incredible journey. So let's not go into too much detail, but just summarize the journey of Fable, some of your highs. And then after, I want to ask you lows, but first some of your highs, go. Well, it has to be this year. I mean, in the space of three months, this in January, we knew nothing, none of these opportunities. They just came, presented themselves to us. Uh, a billboard in Times Square, mm. complete dream, which is more, more from the ego, but that was pretty cool. Uh, and we didn't get to pay for that, so for our gifts, did it? So well, n- none of these opportunities we paid for, actually. Um, the pop-up in Selfridges, we got this. We paid for that. No, no, we got the space free. <laughs> Just FYI, we paid for so sure. For me, Selfridges was like a cherry on top. I actually, my first paid job was from there. I was selling fragrance. And to be there in such a prestige department store was like a huge win. It was like a real inner yes moment. Um, and a window in Dubai Mall, which is insane, like during Ramadan period and... That was the best, best moment. in the world. I mean, I'll just paint a picture really quickly. So year one, we grew the team. We launched in we Sephora. So Which we launched in it? Sephora first, day one, brick and mortar, online and in-store. But unfortunately, the pandemic was literally day one. So brick and mortar was, while it was there, it was very like on and off, closed. All our energies were online. We ended up getting our first viral TikTok with this incredible um, woman, Sirat Saini. She basically did the most beautiful video for us and we went viral. And that really put us on the map initially. I remember seeing great sales and Sephora was interested in like how we did that. And I think they put us on the map within Sephora. It just started our strategy to understand digital as a big, big arsenal for us. So we invested a lot into social influencers, TikTok. Bearing in mind, my job at Dior in the past was in charge of influencers and digital. So I was very like in that realm. We then launched um, into uh, Boots in UK and then Douglas in Europe. And the year after, we had some new range of products. So we went from our kind of hero products of Holy Roots collection, which is holistic plant roots, which is root care. So like shampoo, conditioner, mask, and then our hair oil, which is a pre-wash hair oil. We then went into scalp care with the scalp range. Uh, so that was a whole new launch last year in 2021. We then launched into new markets. So we did, for example, Sephora Europe. We also did Sephora Middle East, where we had our Dubai Mall window, which was just incredible. 
And then we launched uh, later in 2022 as well, we launched now into uh, Selfridges and just now Nika in India, which has been an absolute dream. We've just got the results today. It's like, like a full circle. The business is doing really well there, really exciting. And it's, it's just cool to see the brand grow and most importantly, the family, the tribe growing. We're now over 30 people. We have people in Barcelona, people in Middle East, people in US. And all the consumer crazy. reviews. And the like, consumer reviews. The, we've had people. some incredible celebrities love our products. So being on the set of, um, so being on the set of Stranger Things, for example. So Sadie Singh uh, loving the product. Just been a huge, huge moment for us. Uh, our Kardashians, Courtney Kardashian, using us in Push and having this whole like partnership with them has been incredible. I mean, there's and a lot, but you have to follow us on Fable and Made for people's more. People's hair grow from like here to here, inches. Organic you know? TikToks. People yeah. say, my hair has never grown more. After three months. I think that's when you know, it's, you, you do a lot of testing with labs. You do a lot of, um, you know, you do your clinicals, you know, it would work, but you don't know if it really does that unless people tell you, right? Because you can't know until you launched. And just seeing the brand being received, people saying you've got a customer and for life. It's what fuels us and also what makes us happily to invest and grow and take risks in the company, you know, go above and beyond, start doing things and that now, seem scary for new startups, yeah. invest, you know, six figures into campaigns and do big things. It's something that we were never prepared to, never thought and dreamt of. But actually thinking about it now, it's like, I'm going to be honest, Fable and Main, we're a brand to stay. Exactly. We're, and, and we're always, a big brand 100%. and we, we did this. And you know? we've really put ourselves on the map now and really listen to your consumer. If a consumer is telling us, I'm putting your hair oil on my body, create a body oil. You do or, it. We will listen to them and maybe create a line. So what's the future now for you, for Fable and me? Continue to inspire more hearts. Yeah. Inspire women and men to be strong and fearless. Help protect our planet. And, of course, go into maybe new categories in wellness. So we might be working on a sister company in the future, yes. but also at the same time, just really mindful MPD, new product development, creating products that really matter, going into relevant new markets. We would love to go to you know, um, East Asia, China, Korea, Japan. We want to go into Australia. There's a lot more markets we want to really go into, Brazil, South America. Um, at the same time, we also want to grow the team go be stronger in the markets mm -hmm. we're in, like US is a big focus of ours. Mm -hmm. And the most important, most, most, most important for us, because this is what we've always been from a childhood, is the Tigers. So tell us about the Fable Fund and our big cats. So the Fable Fund is our family trust. Well, myself and my brother have created it to protect wild tigers. Um, there are 4,000 left in the wild and there are more in captivity, especially in the US. So we really want to keep harmony in the wild that's where they belong and really just help them through many initiatives so and fun fact so our mom was born in india a dad was born in africa uganda so we want to help both the two you know africa india uh help big cats because it's the whole ecosystem as well local villages uh, education whole fund to be done there we, we want to have goals to make million dollars for them and work with local organization and charities But the reason why we did the charity as a family charity is we don't know where the business will go. You know, you hear brands sell, acquire, change, investment, uh, acquisitions, minority, majority. This is something that we have to consider as a path and definitely something that we would, you know, in 10 years, five years will be more relevant to us. 
But I don't want the mission of the tigers, the big cats, to fault with that. I don't want it to slow down. So we separated the entities to make the charity family funded. So no matter what happens in life, us two are going to continue that and grow that. Uh, Fable Main is a vehicle for education for this. It also has moments to fund it through you know, specific products and you know, definitely percentages of products. But the most important thing is, is everyone buys a product, can learn a bit about tigers and help us on that journey as siblings. That's all we ask for. So that's very important. But I do, before we kind of go into fire round and wrap it up, because, um, yeah, I'm getting bored and no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, it's also just really forgot to mention, today is Nikki's birthday. So we're recording this on the 23rd of August. Um, we'll be releasing this as the 100th episode, which will come out in a few weeks, I think. But um, just My birthday gift. Birthday gift is also very important. But I do want to talk a little bit without getting emotional, uh, very lightly, because <laughs> I know it can get deep. We have fights. But people might be wondering, like, you know, how do we deal with fights and what are some of the lows in building it? Not saying all the lows are with me, but just some of the realities. I think all the lows are external stress that we can't control. And actually how we deal with fights is, do we want to waste our energy on us fighting or do we want to fix the problem? Because that's mm. not going to help. In fact, you almost have no energy to fight because you're trying to solve the problem. Um, but just be really patient, forgiving, like in any relationship with, with any family member or, or partner. You just have to give each other space. Everything heals with time. And remember, we're all on this planet in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the universe, like one little dot. And we're here for such a short period of time. So every thought, every energy matters. And where do you want to put it? You know, in growing and ra- mm. raising your vibration or lowering it? And I think that's, you know, Nikki is so, this is not like just jargon and talking. She lives and breathes like mindfulness. And she is honestly, like every time I walk into her flat, she's like doing some tarot reading or meditating. She is literally lives and breathes this. And I think I get so much grounding from that energy and I get inspired by her. But also that's why our fights are very short lived. And when I say fights, you know, they're a little like altercations, but they are just because she can quickly just compartmentalize that and move on. Now, um, and, I mean, and I'm they're, learning. They are quite passionate. I've got a lot of fire energy in me. So when I'm angry, I'm angry. But she channels them in different ways. Like <laughs> you'll yeah. just like meditate for the evening and you'll go yeah. the next day. That's what you do. You can't talk to her but for the evening. you'll call dad and like speak for three hours. And I'll call dad and, and, and complain. Go for a walk. <laughs> but that's, yeah, you have to have your own ways. And I need my dad to calm me down as my, inspire, my inspire, inspiration and mentor. You need, you go to a deeper being for your men- yeah. inspiration. We, we just can't control each other to give each yeah. other space. And, and it's normal. We're siblings but we're also co-founders and we're also um, young so like and this is going to happen but generally speaking it doesn't happen as much and fun fact we're the first ever sibling founder brand at sephora and hopefully we not not there'll be many more because i think we're proving you can work with your siblings and you can have fun and you can have success so that's basically um friends first friends first siblings second Founders third, very very important. Um, we keep that as always that close be a to our chest. Tagline on your tote bag. That, uh, well, that's only for us to have tote bags. So, yeah. <laughs> no, friends first, founders <laughs> second. But then that's only for founders to have with each other. You can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't anyone else use that. Anyway, moving on quickly. Um, I have a, a desert island question. I ask all my guests. So okay. I'm inviting you to founder beauty retreat, but we're probably doing it together, co-hosting it. What you can only bring one product from Fable Main. What's your go-to Fable Main? The hair mask, because in the island heat, I need it for my frizz. Very true. I think it's my favorite, too. I love the hair oil as well, both of those two. 
Okay, five on questions. First thing that comes to your mind, Nikki. First question. What's another beauty brand you're currently loving? Van Skincare from Korea. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? I don't know why. I don't know if it's a guilty pleasure, but I like bite my fingernails. That's, that's really weird. That's the weirdest answer I've ever Or like here. I take them nail polish off. Okay, moving on quickly. Um, what are you currently watching or reading? I am reading The Joy of Meditation by Robert Frost. What's your favorite social media platform? TikTok. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra? Ooh, live and let live. And if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, what would you be doing right now? If you weren't I'd have my own animal sanctuary. I'd have a school of heal- healing energy. And trust me when I, I say, I she do. will do it. Animal <laughs> sanctuary, we'll do it together. Uh, it will be a fable, fun sanctuary. Watch this space. It's definitely something we'll have to do. Uh, but we've got to do it mindfully and rightly. And there's still a lot more to fix with the tigers and the cats, so step by step. But Nikki, it's been a pleasure. I, um, uh, and yeah, where can everyone find you on social media? And obviously Fable. Fable Main is at Fable Main, but where can you find yourself? At Nikki Meta. At Nikki Meta. I'll put all the links in the summary below, as usual. Guys, if there's anyone to follow, it's this one, because obviously she's my sister, my co-founder. <laughs> and if you don't follow us, you won't see the banter. You won't see the success and the failures, which we are always sharing together. But uh, most importantly, you know, we're best friends and I'm just so excited to be on this journey, Nikki. Aww, thank you so new. much. Best brother and co-founder. Thanks, guys. See you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.